Hello and welcome to Onesies, the podcast where we talk about one season wonders and blunders of television. My name's Andrew. My name's Emily. And this is episode seven of season two, in which we discuss Freaks and Geeks, the 1999 uh, comedy drama from NBC, uh, created by Paul Feig and executive produced by Judd Apatow. And this episode, we're talking about episodes 13 and 14 then, because it's episode seven and we multiply that times two. And it's an air order. So it's a little confusing if you're watching it on DVD. Yes. In which they put it in order, I believe, right? I don't know. I don't remember. For something, I think they did on DVD. Um, But anyway, so the first episode we're going to be talking about is called... Moochin and Smoochin. That's good, because I was going to call it Smoochin and... I don't know what is... Snoochie-boochie-noochies. Yeah. Or whatever Jay said. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. What are your three things that you, you would so, like to point out? In order. Oh, my God. Why am I only seeing two? Okay. Uh, I never date nice guys. I have underpanza and I have turtlenecks. Some good ones. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with, oh, crap. You already sort of did that one. So I will go with, oh, fuck it. Yeah. We'll go with three irrational days a month. Um, let's see. <laughs> he just said it was me. And finally, a lot of things in there. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, my notes, I tried to take better notes this time. You take really good notes. <clears throat> um, so we started at a garage sale. Yes. Uh, or so... a yard, yard sale more, more appropriately. And uh, Nick and Ken are there looking around and complaining about all the pe- the shit people are trying to sell. And, you know, why are you trying to show off all these books that you've read? Bunch thinking you're book so, learning. Yeah. Thinking you're so smart. And then it turns around very quickly when Nick finds a set of bongos, um, which will bring his drum kit up to not 30, but 31, because there's two bongos. Um and then it cuts to the credit, the opening credits. Uh, yeah. And then. Um, oh, so wait, actually, no, they, they go back to his house first. And do then it cuts we establish that? Okay. So, so yeah, Nick's dad has gotten rid of his drums. He's sick of that shit. Nick was playing during a TV show or something. That was the last straw. And so it leads to this really it's a polite way of putting this tropey scene of the art, the dad and Nick arguing where Nick is talking about how it was, he, he paid for the drums. So his dad owes him money and it was his personal property. And dad says something about how it was his future. His personal property is his future, not those drums. And my note was, wow, Nick's dad is so unlikable. It makes Nick seem better, which yeah. is kind of the, how the episode works overall. But um, yeah, it's, they never, escalated that bad because they're not doing a they're doing you know a verbally abusive bullying dad but it it gets even it they don't address it but it gets more complicated later on because nick is even less thoughtful than we we realized before with his drum obsession yeah um so it's 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 a strain these are two of the best episodes i would say um but then we're going to get to, we go to school where 
the geeks are hanging out and they're talking about movies. They're debating the jerk versus Caddyshack as the funniest movie ever. So presumably the jerk has just come out. They've seen it in the theater and they're quoting it extensively. And this comes into play in the next episode too. It does. I'd like to point that out because that's one of my things. And some of the, some of this conversation that they're having plays into the next episode. a little Yes, it does. They could have done something amazing with that now that we we point that out, but they they, it, they echo at least they do echo they could echo better. But anyway, um, my it did it gave some insight into I don't know who wrote this episode. I don't remember, but I've got it pulled up. Okay. Uh, um, Steve Banos. Steve Banos. Okay. Uh, oh, it's his, it's the it's the teacher the the asshole uh, math teacher. He wrote it. He wrote Interesting. it. Um, it's one of those scenes where they're using like they're using like too thoughtful of language to talk about how the movies work and stuff. They don't quite say it doesn't earn its ending, but you know they get close. And you and it's it's just funny because it's put in the mouths of these um, tweens and things like that. And I was just yeah. like, this just is not. It's like it's a very white guy thing to do like we all saw kevin smith doing it and we all wanted to do it Mm -hmm. and so that's basically what and it but it's before anybody really got good at doing it right like it went from being a gimmick to a trope and then finally with enough like um with enough baggage people found out how to do it but it's and actually i would argue that Party Down was did it best, which stars Martin Starr, who figures into this scene. Yes. Not not as much as um, later because I got ahead of myself. But Cindy shows up. Cindy shows up at their table and she wants to talk to Sam. And Cindy wants to tell Sam that Todd is a jerk who's only interested in one thing. Which uh, I think... They told Maureen when Maureen left them in that episode that to be careful of those jocks, they're just out for one thing. Yes. So it echoes back to advice that they gave to Maureen. It does. But we need to remember for when we talk about next episode exactly what the one thing Todd is interested in is and yeah. how he's a jerk. Yeah. Um, and so Cindy's like, can I call you up tonight, Sam? We're going to talk on the phone because we're going to be gal pals again is the implication. And then she gives him a kiss on the cheek and Neil and Bill are watching this talking about how the, this is finally happening and their lives are about to be completely different. Yeah. So then the geeks, there's a lengthy thing with a hippie chick Mm -hmm. roaming around the lunchroom. Like, is this somebody's girlfriend or daughter or something like this? This, Hippie chick gets a like a showcase for some reason. I kept expecting it to come back, but she's it got doesn't. two or three lines. She's really cute. They comment about how cute she is, and then it's done. Right? Then it's, it's done. Never comes but, back. Uh, the the um the um oh shit! What is it? The um Grateful Dead thing comes back around. Will okay. come back around. Well, okay. But basically the scene is about how Nick slept at Daniels the night before after he left his dad's and it was a shitty rug situation, but then also Nick's not invited back because of a bathroom thing, right? Yeah, he took a giant dump and didn't flush it. Yeah. 
Now, let's also forget not forget Sam pees on the seat. So basically, these are a bunch of boys who were never told to have good bathroom etiquette, which is a thing. And um, they both grew up to never wash their hands. Um, Spoiler. (laughs) 55% of the men you see do not wash their hands after you see the bathroom. So so there's this really belabored scene. Um, Nick is not invited back to Daniel's house. And it's almost it like I'm I'm conflicted. It he's asking everybody, kind of going around the table. Oh, can I stay at your place? Oh, Kim, I don't want to stay at your place. And he finally gets to Lindsay. And I don't know if it's just if it's genuine. Maybe this is the Midwestern in me coming out. It almost seems passive aggressive, like he's doing it and because they they had been focused so much on his crush on her, his persistent crush on her it almost seemed like a passive aggressive attempt and it comes into play again later you know when daniel's talking about giving her a back rub yeah um to to stay at Lindsay's house and then when he ends up crashing later it does seem like intentional not accidental he is manipulating the situation to be able to stay at Lindsay's house um and i don't know if if it's out of just she's the only one because he's been disinvited from everybody else's house, or if he's literally trying to creep on her. So I don't, I'm kind of conflicted. There's also this undercurrent that it often seems like the freaks are exploiting Lindsay's sort of middle-classness sometimes expressly. So uh, like they've expressly done it before. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to see that there being any development of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but yeah, so, and then he's like, because he acts very put out when she says no. And it's just like, I mean, you're her ex-boyfriend. Like what, you, like her parents are going to put you up so you can try to fuck their daughter. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's a weird uh, expectation of people. Um, but then we cut to dinner where we get to my first thing where Canada Joe is talking about how what what no no what? no no go go Canada Joe's making some comments about American politics specifically that there can't be a woman president because what's she gonna do on those three days a month which is fucked up for a number of reasons including well he's Canadian three- so why does he care well there's that <laughs> but also the three days a month thing like is it always three days a month? I don't think it's always three days a month, right? No, but I think there is a three-day window in which, you know, women go crazy. We just go crazy, Andrew. We just go crazy. I think scientifically all it means is that you're like... Hormone. As your hormones. As yeah. hormonal as men are all the time is I think what the science says. It's one of those like shitty fucking... Like, it's a fucking Archie Bunker line. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's... It's weird to have it for a number of reasons, but then at the same time, it's not, which just makes it unpleasant. And after next episode, who gives a shit? Like, fuck them all. But anyway, um, Nick shows up at the door and we get to see a side of Nick that we've never seen it before. One where he is, what's the word? Smoozing the parents. Yeah. 
He can't shut up about how great Mrs. Weir's cooking smells and then tastes. Again, it, to me, it's like a passive aggressive, like, invite me to dinner. Boy, oh, that yeah, sure smells good. 100% oh, boy. that. And it is so annoying to me, again, because I grew up around those people and it drives me fucking crazy. I would say that this will be one of Jason Siegel's better episodes, but would this have actually been good if the performance had been better? Like, if he were better? Or is it just, I, I think it's just a sitcom-y, it's like this comedy drama mix of a sitcom trope that I don't think they really, they hadn't cracked this part of it. Like, it's getting him into the house is too hard. Like, was too yeah. hard for them. Once they get him into the house, then they can go full, like, absurdist sitcom, like, yeah. Saved by the Bell episode. But, like, until that, getting him in there with all the baggage of, like, having dated Lindsay, having stalked Lindsay, all sorts of whatever. It, it It's just rough. And also we're watching these out of order. And also it was made for TV anyway. So and, it's like, and, and also um, like mom and dad knew all of this stuff. Or mom knew that Jason Siegel, that she was annoyed with him, that she wanted to break up with him, that he was smothering her. And mom breaks up with him for Lindsay accidentally, but they seemingly have no qualms about him staying. Like it's a consistency thing again. Like it's a consistency thing though. Mom is terrible. We find out next episode. So who gives a shit? Like kids are fucking lucky that they're not being physically abused is what we will basically find out. What? Sorry. I'm not like, (laughs) we're not pulling any punches. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Okay. So basically, uh, dad is unexpectedly sympathetic to Nick's plight and offers to let him stay on the couch, which shocks Lindsay and Sam. And me, quite frankly. I was pretty shocked. Even I've seen it before. But, you know, it's not what his character would do, I think. No, I don't think so. But um, we all had our hopes and dreams for Canada Joe. They will all be dashed soon enough. But uh, next day in school... Cindy comes up to talk to Bill and yeah. she says something about she talked to Sam the night before and gosh, you're missing the fart. Don't skip the fart. Oh shit. I'm sorry. So you love yourself a bill fart joke. <laughs> I do love myself a bill fart joke. Cindy says something about yesterday. Bill's like, that was Neil. He just said it was me. And I'm like, ah, Neil farted and blamed it on Bill. Oh, that's terrible. But then it's the, um, she talked to Sam for hours on the phone last night and she likes him, likes him now. Yeah. And what does she say? I never date nice guys. And he's such a nice guy, which is very nice realization that this young woman has that will bite her in the butt, come back to bite us in the butt, I guess the next episode. But, um, well, it's also, this is also where, um Cindy's dialogue was written by a daydreaming incel. So yeah. there is that. Like yeah. this, this is this uh even at its at the best parts of this episode, it is an incel's daydream. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I mean it really it, is. 
Spoiler, Nick does not fuck Lindsay, but if he did, then it would be the full incel daydream. It just, <laughs> you know, is the incel daydream without fucking the girl whose mom is cooking for you. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, at the next episode, I think her dialogue and her attitude are like the flip side of that, right? The incel's nightmare. No? Am oh, I just... How do incels vote again? No, it's not. It's not her political take. It's her take on their relationship. I don't think they would care. Oh, okay. You're 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 assuming that women's feelings matter. Fair point. Which I feel like is fair point. What what show are you watching? Though actually, next episode's pretty good about that. But anyway, yeah. And so is some of this episode. But no. I mean, I don't want to just shit on the actress playing Cindy, but I could for hours. That's why I've never learned her name, because I don't just want to sit here and talk about how she's actually quite bad. And it's in the performance a lot. And some of it is probably the direction. But yeah, these are problems that were there even earlier when Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it more next episode. But like this episode also just has a contrast and shows it, but Cindy's not very good no. is what the problem is. Yeah. So, um, but then we get to your uh, back rub foot massage scene for the freaks. Yeah. So the freaks is... are hanging out outside and the boys are outside the car chit chatting and the girls are inside the car. And Daniel gives um, Nick some advice about staying the night with Lindsay, which did he stay the night, the night before? Like, where did he stay the night before on the couch? Yeah. But now they're talking about it as if this is her first night with Nick in the house. I mean, maybe they had family dinner and then at like two in the morning and then went went to school the next day because it's freaks and geeks. Yeah. That's how the timeline works. Well, anyway, so Daniel is advising Nick to stay up late, you know, after her parents go to sleep and then offer to give her a back rub and then you're in, um, which sounds tracks as you, as you say, (laughs) with um, my characterization of his character. And, um, Nick's not interested. Oh, she did something nice. You know, her parents are being really nice to me. Uh, But if she came to me in the middle of the night and said she loved me and it was like, ew, 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 ew. In the meantime, the girls are in the car and Kim is saying, don't let him give you a foot rub. Just whatever you do. (laughs) Don't let him do it. Um, Which I thought was. God, that didn't come back. Yes. Thank God that didn't come back. Okay, so we skipped over the Cindy and Bill stuff that also included Cindy wanting Bill to tell Sam to invite her to a party. Yeah. So now we are getting Bill telling Sam about this and Sam saying, if you're lying to me, man, we're not friends anymore. And Bill like, no, man, it's true. This is what's up. She wants you to ask her out. And so then we cut to the other uh a shot of Cindy down with the other cheerleaders, including holy shit, Maureen. Who, Maureen once exi- again exists. Who's not wearing a cheerleader uniform when the other two are. I don't know if you remember she that. Wasn't a, I don't. She wasn't a cheerleader, though. She was just a groupie. Oh, was she? I thought she was. I thought she was a groupie. Okay. Well, maybe. We also don't know what order this is in. That's true. And yeah. Yeah. But uh, Sam goes over and he asks Cindy out 
And she says, I'd love to, Sam. And then we cut to Neil saying, it's finally happening. Yeah. They're going to improve their lot in life. Ugh. Bring on the pods is what Neil says. In in a in a lot of ways, and because Neil also has a big crush on Vicky, who is the girl who is nice to him when Bill was in the hospital, which we have sort of forgotten. Apparently nothing happened from that level yeah. of uh, interaction. Yeah. And Sam has ditched Maureen's embrace as well since mm-hmm. then, too. Um, but yes, this was actually nowhere near as bad as I thought Neil could be. Like, they could have really leaned into his creep factor. And I think I think in the next episode, though, it more than makes up for it. That is that is true. There's Okay. So <laughs> now we get to what turns out to be the fucking freak plot which is nick bonding with the weird parents nick is rocking out during quiet hour and the rush because we have to play rush as much as possible on this oh god it felt so good when neil when fucking canada joe shitmouths neil pert like, yeah it was yeah. so good yeah um but anyway so yeah dad goes to see what the fuck Nick is doing and he's laying on the floor in presumably somebody's room listening to a record like it's yeah. unclear why he's in that room what that do they have a den is it a den because they have a living room we've seen anyway um and then we get this conversation about how and Nick says it's his homework because he's a drummer and that means listening to music is his homework and Canada Joe says in a, you know, startling moment of uh, better dadding than he's ever done for Sam or Lindsay, especially Sam. Like when you think about it, like they address the Lindsay thing later, but like the Sam thing, Sam's the mama's boy because dad doesn't give a shit. Like Sam is not tall enough for Canada Joe to care about. Um, And dad says and weird dad says something like if you were really doing your homework and your dad sold your drums you'd be out pounding rocks yeah that's what you do if this is what you did man and then he says something he tells nicky needs to push himself because he's a smart kid and you get the moment where you realize nobody's ever told nicky was a smart kid nobody's ever lied to nick's face before (laughs) and told him he was a smart kid but it's just actually the candidate joe's a fucking idiot and you know, say likes, likes, like, or whatever the, the sciencey thing is. Because I'm not a smart guy. I don't know about that stuff. <laughs> kind seeks kind, or whatever that shit is. But that's when we get Canada Joe saying that the drumming's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil Perk could drum his way out of a paper bag. Yeah. But then they go uh, listen to some big band music, and isn't it? It's Gene. Krup- it? It's Gene Krupa. Okay. Yeah. That's not big band. It's jazz. It's jazz. Okay. Uh, yes. And so uh, Nick is very impressed by that real drumming. Um, and then there's, oh, yes. Sam and Lindsay have a scene together. What yes. The fuck? Yes. Just, Just in the middle. Where they talk about Cindy and Lindsay tells Sam that she's the lucky one. So parroting what, um, mom always tells him and then she also tells him not to be weird and smother her to which sam asks if that's what nick did 
And she's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to move to another country. Yeah. But it turns out Nick's just in love with mom and dad, not me. Yeah. Cut then, to a scene where they're all dancing in the living room. I mean, I yes. mean, uh, mom, dad and Nick. Yes. So then we get the weird scene that you want to talk about. Yeah, I do. So um, Lindsay's sleeping that night and she hears a knock at her door. She gets up and it's Nick who says, don't open the door and has this weird, like rambling little speech about, you know, I appreciate you letting me stay here and your parents are so cool. And, you know, like, I just want you to know that I appreciate it. Um, And she's like, yeah, whatever, go to sleep, like go to sleep. He goes down the hallway and Lindsay hears uh, a big bang, a crash and Nick going, ow, 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 or whatever he's doing. And uh, she opens her door and there is six foot three Jason Siegel in the weirdest 80s underpants I've ever seen. It They look like the underpants that would be on like one of those um, like nude men deck of playing cards you know, from the eighties with like big buff hunks, except it's this tall scrawny guy. (laughs) It was so gross. This banana hammock was so gross, but all I could think of was that, um, scene from, uh, toast of London, the underpants, underpants. So, uh, and everybody starts laughing. Yeah. Walks out. Yeah. But then Lindsay gets mad and goes to bed. Um, Okay, so then next day, it's the geek table. Harris and Gordon are there. Mm -hmm. And Gordon tells Sam he's the catch. So, um, okay. Uh, But then we find out that it's actually a makeout party. Yeah. And nobody told Sam. And so he's worried. He has never had a kiss before, except for a quick peck on the lips when he asked her to the, uh, to the, the, the party in the previous scene. Um, and he's worried about his abilities with smooching poor Sam, poor and Sam, but this, there's a hilarious scene where they talk about making out and using tongues. And this is our bill Haverchuk scene of the, the episode <laughs> where he's talking about what do you do? What if she shoves her tongue too far in germs and food stuff and oh god it is so a lot of things in there i couldn't even i couldn't even do the list a lot of things in there and it's not it doesn't end with that it goes on to what does she want me to do lick her teeth for like yeah and you know i will admit that conversation made me never want to smooch anybody ever again (laughs) what if i throw up in her mouth like you don't know okay so then we get um neil okay so then neil and neil's and bill are gonna go with sam yeah and there's a whole thing about how like oh no i'd have to bring gordon and harris and harris is like man i don't want to go i got a girlfriend or whatever and then gordon's like i don't want to go either and then they're like score we don't need to take gordon which is kind of shitty but okay um not expressly but it's implied but then we get to Neil showing Bill his technique on spinning the bottle. Oh, Neil yeah, has yeah. figured out how to, you know, he knows the foot pounds of torque to spin it, to control. It's it's in the finger control 
And this is where we get the other, you know, it could be even, it could be much worse of they have to kiss us. Yeah. And then, and this is um, like a sad bill scene where he's like, I don't want to kiss anybody. I don't want, I don't want to see the disappointment in their face, which comes back later. Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. And then, um, Neil's like, I know they won't be disappointed after the kiss, which is gross, but it's not, it's, it's culturally gross, not specific to Neil. Yes. Like, yes. So it's, it's, it is gross, but it is not Neil being a future rapist gross, right? right. Like right. our sequel series with the roof and all. It's not that. <laughs> But then we have a montage of everybody getting ready for the party. Uh, Call back to the Parisian night suit. Yes. He's he's holding it up as if he's going to wear it. it. Yes. Um, And then we see on Neil's wall, I know you didn't notice this, but he's got a Smokey and the Bandit and Jaws poster. (laughs) I didn't notice. And I'm just kind of like, no wonder nobody, it took people 15 years to remember Jaws was actually good when smoking the bandit fans were also <laughs> all over it but that's also where we get neil practicing his kissing on his dummy which oh, is his ventriloquist dummy it was so yes. funny we haven't seen it before right i don't think so I th- it comes back um okay and and he like yeah he's leaning over it turns into like a weird almost like half sketch comedy like interlude and the dummy's got a reaction shot yeah it's pretty it's, it's pretty good it's pretty goofy yeah um, but then we get to your turtlenecks, which is uh, awesome. So they're approaching the party, and um, Neil and Bill are both wearing turtlenecks, and Neil insists, no, it was my idea. You should let me wear it. And Bill's like, I've got nothing on underneath. I, I can't take it off. So Neil submits to his fate and takes his turtleneck off, but we find out, it, one, it's just a dicky. Two, he says, we can't both wear turtlenecks at the beginning. I'm sorry. I totally missed it. Cause this is, this is the thing we can't both be turtle. We can't both wear turtlenecks. Who are we? The Smothers brothers. I laughed so hard. I, I so almost good. died. So good. <laughs> oh. And um, he pulls off his dicky at the end of the scene and they laugh at him for wearing a dicky, but poor Sam is so nervous that he kind of like, isn't willing to put up with their bullshit and kind of leaves them a few steps behind. Yeah. Um, I forget even what they're teasing him about. Probably just how gross making out is. Yeah. So he says, don't embarrass me. Yeah. Um, and then they get there and Cindy's there and they go downstairs and that's where Bill has, or Neil has this really kind of sympathetic moment where he talks about how, remember at the beginning of animal house when they sent what's his face Stephen first to the uncool room what if that's what they do with us bill yeah and it's like that's that's fucking rough man Maybe yeah your jock makeout party um that you insisted it, somebody else bring you to yeah <laughs> suddenly, exactly. suddenly suddenly you're intimidated uh and then as the party happens back home is family dinner where Lindsay finds out that Dad is going to pay for Nick's real drum lessons mm-hmm. and Nick is going to work as a stock boy. And this is the first time Nick has ever had any formal drum lessons. Yeah. Which is a thing since he was going to join a professional band 
at one at, during one episode. So, um, but then I guess, you know, we never have actually seen their battle of the bands competitions where people just laugh at them for sucking. So there's yeah. that. Um, but then there's a conversation about with uh, dad and Lindsay where dad explains that he knows what this is like and that um, Nick's only got, you know, so much he can do and he, dad expects more from Lindsay. Yeah. So that's a less successful subplot than it should be. Like it's not like thought out with dad's bad parenting ideas like yeah yeah um but i get what what he says you know to Lindsay is you know nick's dad's a hard man and my dad was a hard man and you know gotta you you gotta loosen up you gotta loosen up with him with nick um to give him a little bit of encouragement and Lindsay's like yeah something like yeah i got a hard dad too and joe kind of leans in and he's like no, you don't. You no, no, you don't. I kind of get the um, so uh, my generationally how things can change. Parenting can change. So, like the grandfather was probably World War II veteran, World War One veteran, even, um, and uh, was pro- came back from the war and was probably pretty fucked up, right? So the next generation, they could be worse, they could be better, but I think what he's saying is like my dad sucked. I'm this, this is me doing better. This is me being a good parent. Mm. Um, But even though we don't see evidence of that, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling. No, you're good. I I think some of my problem with it is, is that yes, Nick's dad is an asshole, but Nick sucks. Like, oh yeah, no, he's not like, oh, Nick's a great guy and does have all this potential. He's just like, you gotta know when to cut your losses and and maybe chill out a little bit. Okay, so spin the bottle. Now, this is uh, a lengthy sequence. Maureen is there. I don't think mm-hmm. she gets any lines. Vicky, mm-hmm. the cheerleader, is there. And so at this point in spin the bottle, uh, Bill and Neil aren't playing yet. And instead, it's Sam and Cindy. And she just keeps getting somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it ain't no kissing for Sam, including the bully from the pilot who uh messed with Eli and the, who was who eventually was in their band their shitty band yes, but then disappeared. why the fuck is he hanging out with the freshman why is he hanging out with the freshman and why is he trying he sent- to pick up 14 year old girls as yeah well. but 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 he's a freak i mean he was hanging with the freaks fucking, i had the same thought like what yeah. the hell is this guy doing here he's, he's trying to make out with yeah he, yeah <laughs> he He's trying to groom 14-year-old girls. What are you talking about? Like, obviously. Um, uh, and and a, a few other people that we haven't seen before or haven't been prominently featured before, um, which I thought was weird. But yeah, it's this lengthy kind of montage of of people kissing. They established the seven minutes in heaven yes. situation, which I've never been to a makeout party and I've never played spin the bottle, but I forgot that that existed. Um, so they set that up because that'll come back. And... Yeah, so Cindy's kissing a bunch of other boys, but not Sam. And you never yep. see Sam kiss anybody, which is weird. No, no. Um, so 
Then we cut back to the house where Nick's dad has arrived to come get Nick. It's time for him to come home. No explanation of how he knows he's there. Yeah. Um, cut scene there. But then Canada Joe takes him into the kitchen to try to talk to him dad to dad. And Nick's dad's response is, why don't you tell, why don't you tell, call me when your son turns 16? Yeah. Cause the problems will be different. And then it, it also just exaggerates or not exaggerates. It draws attention to the fact that Canada Joe has very little interaction with his son, except for telling him that he needs to want to fuck one of the Charlie's angels. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. That's, that's Canada Joe's level of parenting at this part. That's what Nick's dad needs to do is they need to watch Charlie's angels together. And, yeah. and with the with their mom, the mom and sister president, talk about who they want to fuck. <laughs> that would be good parenting. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So back to the party. Neil and Bill get in the game now, and Neil keeps on spinning it to Bill. Yeah. It, no matter what he does, he always spins it to Bill, and because it's 1980. Nobody would think that boys might want to kiss each other. Yeah. At least they they comment on it eventually, but it's not it's not homophobic, which is cool. Because next episode's got some weird um, passive homophobia. Yeah. Uh, amongst other things that we'll talk to, um, but anyway, it, they aim high though, in a way. So we'll get to that. But we also get Vicky and Bill smooching which pisses off neil and does not make vicky or bill happy the first time she's such a bitch she's, she's such a, a bitch, bitch and he kisses her hand and then and the second time does he get a like cheek kiss or something yeah yeah she's again she's a bitch and insists that that he kiss her on the cheek Ugh. and then uh-oh but he gets the, those are his two spins her spin lands on bill which means they're going for seven minutes in heaven. Cut to Nick leaving the Weir family. Mom and dad are sad to see him go. He can stop by any time. There's something about how, hey, my dad came to get me. So that's something at least, right? He's never done that before. Yeah. Have you ever been gone for three nights before? Four nights? Anyway. Um, But we have no follow-up on that. They're done. Nick's out. Um, okay, so now we get Sam and Cindy, and he just wants to find a place to talk with her because he mm-hmm. this whole makeout thing is not his scene. He just likes Cindy. Yeah. Which is actually impossible, but we'll find out about that. We'll talk about that in <laughs> just a few minutes. But then we cut to Vicky and Bill in the closet, and they have about three and a half minutes left. They're both watching the clock, and then Bill tries to make small talk with her because he's like, this situation sucks. Let's, you know, talk about something else. Yeah. And then he's kind of like, why are you a jerk, man? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Because, because any attempt he makes to make conversation, she's like, oh my God, don't talk to me. Oh my God. You're not going to kiss me. Oh, just get away from me. I don't want to kiss you. dude." He's like, Like, you are being kind of mean. Why are you such a jerk? (laughs) And then, um, and here's where it's actually really good. And it gets to be an incels wet dream later, but it's really good where Bill's like, so 
Okay. And then also there's like Sam and Cindy playing music. Like it's not interesting, uh, yeah. especially yeah. after, after we know where maybe it was interesting the week in between episodes. Um, <laughs> but then Bill asks Vicky what it's like being pretty. And she's just like, what? And he's yeah. like, it seems like people who are nicer to pretty people. And she's like, what do you, why would you think that? And she's like, he's like, well, you're never nice to me. And then we get to this weird thing where she has to think about what it's her experience of like how she treats Bill is like. And then she has this, you know, moment where she's like, you seem like you enjoy life. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm watching movies in my head. And so it turns into this thing where he's like doing a bit from the jerk for Mm -hmm. her or something. Yeah. And then uh, it's like really nice and cool. It's and the same. Finally, it's the same bit they were doing at the beginning of the episode okay. when they were talking about the jerk. I think the jerk's overrated. Sorry, I do too. I, do I, do? I don't. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. we're not gonna. Have, we're not gonna fight about that. We're not gonna fight. <laughs> I could go at length about the criti- criticism that they offer at the beginning, the insipid criticism, but yeah. they are tweens yeah. in nineteen eighty. So I'll leave them alone. Um, but yeah, and so eventually they're going to, she's going to say, what the hell? And they're going to kiss and the punchline's going to be that they're in there for much longer than their seven minutes of heaven, making out and presumably Neil, Bill likes it. Neil's outside knocking. Uh, and yeah. then that's literally the end of the episode, right? Yeah. yeah. But before that, we get to the dad and Lindsay scene where she says, oh. I wish you could talk to me like that, dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he explains and like, that. I expect more from you and you don't know yeah. what it's like having a daughter. Why yeah. can't you stay inside all the time? Cause my yeah. friends will rape you. If you go outside, Oh wait, <laughs> that's not what I meant. What are you wearing? etc. <laughs> yeah. And then they hug and that is closed off. But yes, it ends with uh, the, the head cheerleader given bill 21 minutes in heaven. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Okay, Vicky's good. Like I thought Vicky yeah. was good the last couple times she's been on. She's really good. Yeah. Um, it would be much better if it acknowledged that Bill maybe didn't want to make out and he maybe just wanted to fucking talk to somebody he hadn't talked to, be like talk to a pretty girl about other things, which next episode sort of it could have echoed so nicely to that, right? Like yeah. it had so many things, but Instead, it's just, it, it's a bit and it's all right. It is an incel's wet dream, but it is all right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I made her laugh by talking about the jerk and then she totally made out with me. Yeah. As one does. Yeah. Okay. So now on to, on to the next episode, which is The Little Things. So I really enjoyed this episode. Um, a couple, obviously not completely without criticism, but, um, the three things I have to talk about are previously on Freaks and Geeks. I'm going to take uh, Ben Stiller and I'm going to run with the jerk. Okay. Um, okay. So we will do Rosso. We will do. <laughs> okay. Um, do I just want to spoil it straight up? Yeah. Okay. Cindy's a fucking Republican. Yeah. Um, Cindy's Megan Kelly's origin story. Like there's a, there, 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 I will discuss how the characterization of Cindy is probably reductive and misogynist, but on the flip side, Megan Kelly exists. Yeah. Every person like Republicans exist. They are this shitty. Okay. 
Like, so it's problematic because it is also a TV show and you should be helping um, evil fucking teenage Republican girls not be evil teenage Republican girls with your platform as opposed to showcasing what pieces of shit they are. But then also... uh, And promoting their bad ideas. Promoting their bad ideas. But then everybody in the town turns out that it's it's, it's very... Very, um, and then I guess my next one will just be, um, oh, Todd's awesome, yeah, okay, okay, okay. so there we go. So, uh, we start with my first thing, which they start with this weird intro, the previously on Freaks and Geeks, and with a little montage of previous storylines that are going to come back into play. In my mind, this is when the show knew it was ending, and they were trying, trying to tie up strings, right? They were trying to tie up loose ends with some of this stuff. Um, well, I think my question was, is previously ons get cut for video a lot. Were uh, there other previously ons that we didn't see? And this is just the one they included or is it? Yes. They were, this yeah. is the second to last aired episode and they're fucking done. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, but yeah, that, that jumped out too. Cause I'm like, they've never had a previous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought I thought that was weird. I just I was like, oh, that's the moment. That's the moment that they knew. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm not. I'm not gesturing over that. I'm reading my notes for the next oh. scene, and I'm preparing my soul. Okay. Okay. <sighs> it's family dinner with Cindy. The Weirs have Cindy over for dinner, which means that Cindy is the best boyfriend or girlfriend the weird kids have ever had because nobody else has ever come over for dinner while they were dating yeah i don't think and then think so. also kim never got that dinner with them either just a friend didn't get that dinner. none of Lindsay's friends fuck that cindy gets to come over dad is complaining about the mega store that's opening and how it's going to put him out of business and Cindy says she will never shop at a mega store which is also bullshit because we subsequently immediately find out George H.W. H.W.? Yeah. Yeah. Bush is going to be visiting the school and she gets to introduce him because she is the president of the Young Republicans thing. And Lindsay has the same response as me of, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. To which Canada Joe says, well, what are you supposed to be then? She's like, I'm a Democrat. And he said, everyone's a Democrat until they get a little money. So... At that and, point, and Lindsay like, kind of like gives him a stank face. Mm-hmm. At that, well, mm, with the implicit thing being that that's not a challenge ever a challenge position, really. Mm. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, if you are a fucking cis hat white person and you want to fuck over everybody else, yes, you will. Yeah, like just throw in some Christianity. But that was Millie. Be funny if Millie turned out to be a Democrat. Anyway, <laughs> so there's that scene, at which point I'm just like, fuck all the okay, so basically it's fuck all these people. I don't care anymore. Like we can roll back to my jokes if these people grew up to vote for Trump. No, nah, they voted for Reagan. They could just fuck off right now. Yeah. Um yeah. but then we cut back to Daniel and Ken talk, or we cut to the next day, Daniel and Ken talking underneath the stairs Mm. while the Secret Service is like 
searching the building. Amy comes by, that's Ken's girlfriend, and she's got to play in the band for Bush, and she's going to play Hail to the Chief. And then... Um, and Lindsay's with her. Yeah. Um, and basically they they lose their hangout spot that the show hasn't done a good job of establishing as their regular hangout spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the Secret Service are are wandering around. Um, we see. We don't see Ben still. No, yet. not yet. No. Okay. Just just guys in in gray suits and black ties walking around. Uh, I guess they're probably black suits, right? Um, and they're apparently sending the math teacher to do to do clearing. Because yeah, I mean, he comes down. Does he write this one too? Um, and what happens? This is something shitty to Daniel. Oh, to Daniel makes some him. joke like, uh, "Like, where are we supposed to plan our coup?" And he says, "You better not joke about that, young man. I could have you arrested." And then it is terrifying how the country's response to Vietnam was to lean into being fascists. Yeah. But anyway. So this um, is written by uh, John Kasdan, Judd Apatow, and Mike White. Anyway. Um, But then we cut to Sam and the jocks. Yeah. Sam now sits with the jocks because Cindy's a cheerleader, including her ex-boyfriend, Todd, who she dumped for only wanting one thing. Okay. Keep this in mind. Keep it in mind. Keep it in mind. So then we cut to the geek table. Harris is there. I don't know if Gordon's there. I can't remember. But I Harris remember. is like doing like a Yoda bit and it had me checking the dates to make sure Empire <laughs> was out, that kind of shit. Because I'm like, always want to fucking. I do. Outdork like, people? You want to outdork someone? I, I, I want to, to check, Excuse me. check I the to. continuity of dorking. <laughs> all right. Gotta, you know, reasonable dorking is required. Okay. Oh, that's then, <laughs> Not that kind of dorking, pervert. Anyway, we get to Cindy talking about how the cheerleaders at the other school are ugly and dirty. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay, so they're just going with Cindy's fucking garbage. And I was actually waiting for her to just be racist and that for being the plot. Waiting for that too. Yeah. Instead, there's some confusion where Todd makes a comment about like maybe not all our not cheerleaders are pretty. Are pretty, yeah. And she's like, "Are you talking about me, Todd?" And he's like, "No, man. What the fuck are you talking about?" And I think he says, like, "Get over yourself," which I liked. And she's like, "Sam, are you going to let him talk to me like that?" And Sam's just like, "Sam's been zoning this whole time. Like yeah. the entire time, he's been staring ahead." realizing that he is in with Cindy, who it turns out is a total piece of shit. And he has never realized this to this point, which is entirely unbelievable. Entirely. Entirely unbelievable. But then Cindy wants Sam to do something about it. And Sam and Todd's like, what? I like Sam. Like, you want to see me kick his ass? Like, really? Like, what fucking kind of person are you? And Sam's like, and I, no, wait, he, he, he said he wasn't talking he, about you. Yeah. Like, like what, why, what am I defending you against? <laughs> why are you projecting on him? You fucking re- dirty Republican bitch. Oh, wait, I got it. Hold on. <laughs> okay. But then that's not Sam's realization about it. Sam goes and talks to the geeks about it. And he's like, she's actually just kind of boring. And it's like, no, Sam, she's terrible. 
She's a terrible, terrible person. You don't understand that because you live around a bunch of Republicans. Yeah. But that's actually bad. What it would, it's bad what she's saying, Sam. Bad. Okay. Yeah. But she's bored. And so the geeks advise him to take her on a Sam date. Yeah. To go do something that he enjoys, not just something that she enjoys. Right. And this, at, there's also a tinge of this, um, um, Neil getting, turning into kind of a soulless, uncontrollable masturbator, um, where he's like, she's not boring. She's so pretty. And it's like, what? And this is going to come back again throughout this episode where like, come on, like your friend is unhappy, dude. He's in distress. Why are you like not giving him lucid advice? You know, like, cause, cause he's a, he's a fucking chronic dude masturbator. I know who was born before he's a straight dude who was born before the year 1987. So there's a 0% chance he's okay. <laughs> Sorry. And there's only like a 4% chance after 1987. I have to revise that actually the more I fucking hear about. Anyway, but yes. So Sam's miserable. The geeks are like, yes, Neil's got a line about how we just moved the mall for yeah. this girl. Ugh. And he says, <sighs> he says, pass her over here is what he, he sell, tells Sam just before that. I would move to the mall if she wanted me to. He's like, his father's son. Leave it alone. I'm, oh, God. It's so gross. He just he gets more revolting. Season two. Roof it all. Anyway, um, we cut to Ken and Amy. And this is where we actually, they're actually the B plot, which is really nice. Yeah. And this is where I was like, oh, no wonder Seth Rogen went on to shit. He's fucking great. Like. This is the first time we've had a great performance from one of the geeks or freak males. Yeah. So they're just hanging out. There's a great line that I figured you appreciate where she doesn't get a sarcasm. He's like, why does everybody, why does anybody think I'm joking or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did appreciate is it that. My voice. Yeah. Yeah. I did appreciate that. But then she decides that she's going to tell him a secret. And that he needs to promise not to freak out. And I was kind of like, huh, I wonder what this is going to be. And then I realized what it was going to be. And it is that Amy was born intersex. Yes. And the doctor decided, the doctors and parents decided that she would be a girl. And she says something like, it worked out okay because I'm a girl. Yeah. Um, Contextualizing this in 1999, 2000, ER had done a great George Clooney is a movie star every week on your TV mm-hmm. arc about an intersex kid. And it's got a fucking tragic ending, too. Like, it's just like terrible, fucking tragic ending um, for a multi episode arc. But it was like in the public consciousness now and not, I don't know people were bigots, but they weren't shitty bigots. Like there, I don't like there was yeah. no in virtue signaling at the time. Like, yeah. or there wasn't a platform for the in virtue signaling that you would have now, if you would ever have something like this talked about like this, though there, I will acknowledge there are presumably the actress who plays Amy wasn't born intersex. There is a certain bit of, I don't know what the word is. It's, um, there's a word for it. I believe you. 
it's not posturing, but it's it, it it's going to be problematic as well. But that's like era specific and other things specific. But like it's the, this is the biggest swing the show's ever made, and yeah. it's basically in a subplot. Right? Yeah, like, and it's it's it, interesting for this type of show. I think like the ER thing, you know, there's a medical element to it, right? But this yeah. is just like oh no, this is just a thing that exists. And it's this is just, yeah. And it, it it's just, it, it's a big swing. So it's sort of like, I mean, what else could it have been that would be have a punch, but not be like, it's not the butt of a joke either. Cause I think they handle it. Okay. In this show. I yes. mean, there are, there are, there are weird things, but I don't think it's bad. It's just interesting. Um, but it's just like, they could have brought the, brought it down a little bit. I just, I don't know. I think it's a heavy topic to tackle. It's a very heavy topic, but it's also one that it is a private thing. Like, I mean, I was just listening to this great podcast today called Hustle, Grind, Shine, and Reignite with Jessica Hartley, where she talked to her sister, one Raquel Willis, who was talking about how as of that, like trans people being visible is only in the last 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it started with Orange is the New Black, basically that people before that people just did not say they were trans and just lived their lives, you know, in that particular, I guess, I don't know if closet's the right word, but this is a thing that, and the episode's going to talk about how it's private. It's between Ken and Amy. Yeah. And that's going to figure into the plot of her expectation that, of you know, we don't actually get into, I mean, the big problem with it is, is she's a supporting character and she's the subject and it's Ken's arc about accepting her, yeah. which is fucked up, but also all you can really do with this, like by putting this in here, the thing you could do where it would have been more is Kim could have been found out she was intersex if they really wanted to platform this. Yeah. Or it could have been something like, oh shit, my girlfriend's got a black dad or black mom or something, right? Like for the time, the thing, you could have done that. But I would say that this show's so white, they would never have done anything like that, right? Like, so, but yeah. So she tells Ken about it. He seems, he says he's okay. He's like, it's like you had your appendix out. Yeah, he kind of cracks a joke. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-oh, right. Um, Because, and they don't, the fucking problem with it is that they don't have a great context for it. It's a show made in 1999, um, about 1980, right? Like, 1999 was less biggity than 1980, but not a lot, right? Like... Yeah. Obama didn't support gay marriage yet. The Clintons didn't support gay marriage yet, right? Like, why can't you be happy with the civil union? And then, so we can't even get into the discussion that that has absolutely, like, gay has absolutely nothing to do with this subject. And you're you're holding the phone wrong or whatever. Like, it's just like, so in that context, it's, it's, I, I bet at the time it hit a lot more progressive then yeah yeah agreed agreed okay so now rosso time for rosso okay 
Sorry, like a couple fucking cis people talking about this is weird. Because the other, I mean, the other thing is yeah. that Amy's not trans. Amy's right. cis, so yeah. she's just it's a whole nother. Uh, okay, it, it doesn't so. it doesn't match with modern, you know, sexual politics, and it doesn't right. match. It's a medical condition, right. Right. and it's be it's be, it's getting exaggerated through internalized homophobia and yes. toxic masculinity. Yes, but also those things of 1999 looking back on 1980 right it's not like it's not a woke take on this right. it's a as woke as we could get for 1999 take on this yeah okay so rosso 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 has gotten lindsay to ask bush the first question because she is the best student in the school which and is she a, should be you know learning how to have discourse with world leaders and Etc. And to which she responds, do you really believe that? And he's like, yes, I do. Which is interesting and could have been a whole fucking thread through the show. Yeah. And was not. Yeah. At all. I mean, mean, it was at the very beginning when he was begging her to get back into the math leaps. But. That's right. But that was the pilot, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's when who comes on screen? Oh, Ben Stiller. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ben Stiller comes in uh, as a Secret Service agent with another guy who I didn't bother to look up. Um, And they... It's no one. Okay. And they inform them, you've got to leave your office. This, you know, is a no-go zone. Once, you know, the president's here, we got to clear it, find you a new place to work. Um, And he plays it straight. I mean, he plays it straight. It's... But it's obviously Ben Stiller. this is 1999. When did uh, Ben Stiller show go off the air? Well, this was 2000. This oh, this is 2000. 2000. Okay, yeah. So this so is post everybody loves Mary. Mary. Yeah. So I mean, he's you know he's yeah. on his way. He's on his way up. In, he's on but, his way. But as a viewer in 2022 uh, of a certain age, it is Ben Stiller. Uh, <laughs> yep, ben Stiller, and, cool. Um, and he's comes in again. Uh, but the funny thing about this scene uh, before with Rosso is he's really like, you know, this is a democracy and we can do this. We can have discourse with our leaders. And, you know, like me and my friends didn't go fight to stop the war to, for you to like, yeah, for you to like bail out on, on, you know, our great country and your opportunity. Um, Very funny. It was funny. It was funny. I'm just rolling my eyes because being white is a hell of a drug. (laughs) It's funny. And um, it comes, you know, takes, takes a turn later and it's funny. Uh, But Lindsay, she, he, he actually talks Lindsay into it and then they're escorted from, from the office and they're going to do a sweep and end scene. Ben Stiller says to check out Rosso though. Oh yeah. 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 He's suspicious. That guy. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So then we cut to Ken and Amy in the hallway. Yeah. And instead of her getting a kiss when they go off to their respective classes, she gets a hug. It's very clear something's going on with Ken. Yeah. And it's very clear something's going on. Then she's able to see it. So what, what we're seeing, I mean... You make her the focus. All you're doing is you're exploiting her pain. You don't right. make her the focus and you're ignoring her experience. Right. 
Anyway, then we get to Lindsay talking to the geeks or freaks about what she's going to ask Rosso. Or it's a really Bush. great. It's a really great scene with her and Kim um, yeah. sitting against the wall underneath the staircase again that they weren't supposed to be sitting in. I don't know. Maybe. Um, and they have this really funny exchange. She's like, oh, I want to ask him about trickle-down economics. And Kim's like, hell no, grabs her notebook. He's like, I want you to ask him about the aliens and Roswell. And it's this hilarious little back and forth between the two of them where she's not being the snarky bitch. They are now like friends. It's, and she's more it's, interested in things yeah, than she was it's, before. It's a really good scene between yeah. them because it's there's no antagonism. Mm-hmm. That's imagine if we'd gotten over that in the second or third episode. I know. Oh my god. Just imagine the road trip episode where they have to call Millie for help. And they fucking have an adventure together and at the end learn that everybody's okay. Yeah. If only. Anyway. Well, well, Neil's subplot is trying to buy roof and all, and it turns out it's (laughs) the same guy who sells it to his dad. Okay. But then we get to Sam and Cindy, back to them, and she's happy because she just got a B in math, which is, because <laughs> I mean, you know, Republicans don't do well in school because they're fucking stupid. I mean, there's that problem. Um, and she's a girl. I mean, there's like, the oh, it's, okay, the actress who plays Cindy's not good. No. The writing is flat and misogynist on her characterization and at the same time it is fun to watch a republican just suck on screen especially since we're going to promote dad's fucking business republican shit later yeah but um this is where sam asked her on a real date and then she's like She's like, oh, yeah, the athletes are all going to do this and this and this. And again, the writing of it was so bad because she's like, they're going to I don't remember exactly what it was, except for the end. Uh, They're going to go bowling and, you know, have a bonfire and then go swim in a lake. And it's like a lake. You couldn't just like pick the name of a lake out of a hat and write that in. Well, no, because the town they live in is a township in the U.P., so I'm curious why their Michigan trivia is so bad. But anyway, yeah. yes, I feel like you Michiganders would know what lake you were going into, wouldn't you know? That's, um, Minnesota. That's Minnesota. Whatever. I can't <laughs> believe I you could identify what I was doing there. Um, but then he, she's like, oh, but you're going to take me out like a real gentleman. Yeah. Which is a weird phrase they keep using in this these two episodes and and real gentleman she's she's starting she and again it's i think it's just the bad acting she's starting to get creepy like the way she says it and she's like ah it just seems so disingenuous and like you know neil had characterized them as pod people i mean it's very much like that like well right because they've established her yeah as megan kelly's origin story That's all it is. Like at this point, there's no more. You're just a hateful human being who exploits others. Yeah. There's nothing else you have to do with it at this yeah. point. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not curious enough to know when they decided to make this change with the character, but like, imagine going from being the, uh, you can't really say trophy girl on the show without it sounding shitty, but that's kind of what she was. Well, it, later in this episode, villain. later in this episode, I mean, 
like everybody's like, oh, she's so hot. And it's like hot. Maybe I'm an, of an incredibly old person, but she's 14. She's a freshman. There are apparently no girls over the age of 16 in this school. Just, they don't exist in this. There are two, four, five girls in this school. There's Maureen, Vicky, Cindy, Sam's sister, Kim, right? Lindsay and Kim. And that's Millie. it. And Millie. And Millie. But she, Millie hasn't been on these two episodes. Yeah, that's true. And Amy. And then this whole episode's about putting an asterisk, questioning yeah. whether there needs to be an asterisk next to Amy's name. Yeah. This show's, yeah. I mean, it's that whole joke about how like test audiences get really upset when women have as many lines on the show as men. And then there's just like, but they also, yeah, it was a whole thing with um, around the era of Jessica Jones, but it's actually more like if there are three or four women who talk on a show, there can be like 16 dudes and people are like, there are just too many women talking on this show. Like, yeah, it's great to, we live in a wonderful fucking world. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to, Ken and Amy. Okay, so this is where they sort of, they fight. Yeah. And Ken can't look at Amy. Amy's this like, is... clearly you have a problem. Fuck, fuck you. Like. Yeah. Because his response to that is, well, I can't change anything about it, can I? Yeah. And she's like, fuck you. And then she's like, do you still like me? And then she starts to say something about a part of her that's. And they leave presumably that out. missing or yeah. something, right? Because like we don't get into her experience of what this is like. Because I thought the other thing it could be is she was a fucking twin who ate her twin, right? Yeah. And there's just and what you know, his response to that is some part of you that's missing a guy, a guy part's missing, and it's just like, and she's done with them, and you're yeah. just like, well, fuck, okay. But then we get to the geeks giving dating advice. And what I liked about this scene was Harris on a computer, because I'm reading a book about computers in this era right now. <laughs> and it was kind of funny to see Harris sitting in front of a computer. So, so clearly they're, they're AV club. They're AV club. That's what they're doing. And it's 1980. So that's, I thought that was cool too. Wouldn't it be cool if that had been a running subplot? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, they also talk about, um, I think this is where they talk about Harris's girlfriend and stuff like that um, all she wants is scented oils and time with her man <laughs> that's right but then we get to mrs weir giving sam an heirloom gift to give to cindy to which i also have an uh-oh note because she's a fucking shitty republican girl and you know what she wants is cash or a cash equivalent so and, and i just i thought like it was I thought that was a weird scene. I didn't like it because it's, I can't imagine no, passing down an heirloom to a high school crush. Like right. I can't imagine thinking that was a good idea. They've been building up the, the, the amount of buildup on this Cindy thing is like this needed to be an arc, but you couldn't do an arc because if the revelation is she's been a piece of shit this whole time, you couldn't hide her being a piece of shit. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. so they're doing it in a rush here. And they're making mom act strange about it. But, you know, at the same time, mom's going to, you know, ask Lindsay to humiliate herself for commerce in a bit. So it's fine. But then we get to the freaks. Yeah. And Ken talks to 
Nick and Daniel and tells them Amy's secret. Because he's confused? Because he's, he's confused. He's never heard it. There's, it's... It's a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate thing that he does. And this is actually where I think they start achieving on the, they start really succeeding on this plot. Like, yeah. cause it's, they stop telling jokes at this point, mm-hmm. right? Whenever they tell jokes, except for the Rosso thing, it's very appropriate. Right. Yeah. Like, so Nick doesn't have, anything to say about it and daniel's shitty about it because daniel's james franco and the scene ends and this is where it's kind of like uh-oh the scene ends with nick or ken asking if it makes him gay and daniel saying i didn't say that you said it or something like that no i think daniel says does this mean you're gay he makes that oh crack. he makes that crack and and, and it's like it can like fixates on it then after that on it, and daniel's like i was just kidding i man. was just kidding yeah and it's like oh it's a bad okay. joke but it it i think builds the tension a little bit it builds the tension but it also this is not what this subplot's about like in actuality this is not what this is about right like yeah if we're making it about that it it's a whole other thing which gets emphasized in the next scene which is ken and rosso and Ken has gone to Rosso for help. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting that he's using the school resource. I wonder how informed Rosso is about these kinds of things. Doesn't matter. Ken's there because he thinks Rosso's gay. And he wants his advice about whether or not he thinks he's Ken is gay. Right. But then they can't talk about it because Rosso's like, dude, I'm not gay. What? Yeah, I don't bring dates to school. Which is... A great observation, but like we're gonna now get into this whole like Rosso's passively homophobic thing here, where he's reacting to this. Oh yeah, where assumption. What what makes you think I'm gay? Like as if he needs to change something about him because he's giving off some the vibes. Gay vibe. Yeah. So I think this is it's weird, um, and but not unpredictable and not what you wouldn't expect from the era or the, the sort of writers. Yeah. The next scene is then Ken trying to listen to David Bowie to see if he likes that. Cause that would clue him into being gay, but it doesn't. So instead he puts on some metal and then he busts out the porn to try to decide between the studs porn and the other porn, the lady porn, the lady porn. Um, which is not what it's about. Um, no. If he really, if he found out that he liked the gay porn, um, he would probably need to dump Amy. Yeah. Would be, yeah. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not. So yeah, we're not talking about, you know, it's, she's it's already said, she's already said I'm, I'm fixed. Not that there's anything that needs fixing. And I'm happy that, that I'm a, I'm a girl, girl. because that's who I am. Right. So they this chose, is all I think she even says like they chose right luckily yes. because that's who I am. Yeah. Exactly. And so this whole thing is like this we've now tacked on a am I gay subplot to yeah. this which is a weird way of introducing it but it saves them from actually having to have gayness on the show which they've they probably we're almost done. They're they're not going to have any gay people on the show, are they? Um, 
I don't think so. No, not in a Judd Apatow movie. Sorry, I don't think that's a, a thing he he's ever had. Um, so then we get to Rosso freaking out about his car. I thought this was a brilliant comic scene where Rosso, normally cool, calm, and collected, is losing his mind because oh god, his keys are locked in his car. No, is his, his keys mom's car are it's locked his in his mom's, mom's car. car. That but we also really, get uh, chef's kiss at the end. So it starts with this like macho reaction or as macho as Rosso is going to get. But yeah. then once Lindsay gets there and they start talking, it turns into this whole like, your question's been rejected, man. Yeah. Like I, everything was for nothing. All these fucking hippies that I protest with, they're all rich now. And I just suck. This yeah. is just like, so it's this interesting thing there. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Um, yeah, that's all I can say yeah. right now. And it ends, you know, regardless of the setup, it's a, it's a funny scene and it mm-hmm. is going to add to later. Um, yeah. But then we get to Sam and Cindy on their date <sighs> to see the jerk where oh, she's bitching so about the lazy poor, which is an incredibly realistic account of hanging out with a Republican. Then we find out that the reason she had to dump Todd was because he was a Democrat. And he didn't understand. He didn't understand. So when she said Todd was only interested in one thing, it was him. He was interested in reducing suffering. And he didn't understand that there needs to be suffering so I could feel better about the shit I inherited. Yeah. Okay. So then Sam gives her, Sam does, Sam, who we've established on the show, does not pick up on anything, right? Like... Oh, God. She thinks it's a good time to give her the necklace. <sighs> to which she responds, how much did it cost? Oh, my God. It was so painful. fucking terrible. And then he's like, do you want me to put it on you? And she's like, oh, no, the metal, you know, it'll make my neck too cold. Oh, she was so awful in this. I mean, the acting isn't great anyway, but in like... So this is my theory that we're seeing so much more of her now because this huge arc um, that comes and goes depending plot, plot by plot of their relationship. We're seeing her. It's clear that it was just like a crush. I don't know why they tried to establish some kind of friendship where he wouldn't know that she's a terrible person already. I mean, it was, it seemed like, Oh my God, there's that pretty person over there. I'm not going to talk to them because I'm too shy, but they would actually talk. So how he didn't pick up on this earlier, I'll never guess. But it's so so painful to watch his little heartbreak. Uh, But then we get to the family dinner where dad's telling Lindsay how to be polite to Bush and things like that. Mm. Then she needs to mention his store. And she's like, Mom, don't have me embarrass myself to mention dad's fucking store. Mom's like, honey, honey. Walmart. I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. It'd be a good idea. I suck too. Yeah. Canada Joe tells me how to vote, honey. So we're going to do this. And at this point, I'm just like, ah, fuck them all. Okay. But then we cut back to the movie where literally everybody in the theater is laughing except Cindy. She's miserable. I wanted to know what she thought was funny. That's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know what, because I'm like, Okay, so she's not like a fundamentalist Christian Republican. She's just a shitty 
fucking Republican, like a non a non religious, shitty, greedy Republican. And what I, I, she think is funny. I knew people in my high school who were Republican, but this is the thing that I found uh, maybe unrealistic, but within kind of the reality of the show, I guess, was that I know that at fourteen years old, for the most part, if I wasn't like the extreme other. I was probably maybe not at 14, but she's just clearly parroting her parents' beliefs. Right. But she doesn't come off. She just comes off more like her parents. She doesn't come off like a teenager parroting. I mean, this is where the acting is really bad. Like she could be like, my dad always says, or, you know, like I heard on Rush Limbaugh the other day. Was he even on the air? No, he wasn't. But it's no, because you want to, you're demonizing her for the benefit of Sam's arc. I know. It's not, it's just Judd Apatow, man. Like, what do you want? Like, come on now. Well, I mean, I, I just think there's a nuance to it. I mean, she's 14. She's a freshman. She's just parroting the adults around her. There's no nuance. There's okay. not. It's okay. not a thing. I'm sorry. Okay. We didn't, we didn't get nuance on mainstream television until, wait, did we ever get it on NBC? I don't know. I don't I know. I don't think we ever got it on NBC. So they're still waiting to get some nuance. Okay. But then, um, oh, so she doesn't like the jerk. So she's going to give Sam a hickey. And I'm just kind of like this. It's Megyn Kelly. It's the Megyn Kelly story. It's the Lauren Boebert story, right? Like my husband showed his dick to a bunch of teenage girls at the bowling alley. I'm going to give him a hickey as a reward. So this is, this is, um, calling back to the previous episode where, um, She's talking about how, oh, Todd only wants one thing. And of course, you know, there's this, this idea that he's a Democrat. Um, but I mean, we all know he was talking about sex or she was talking about sex. But now here she is the one like praying. She wasn't talking about sex. He wanted civil rights and she didn't. That was gross. Like, no, she's like gross. That's the thing about it is, is like... I don't know. I think I the show's know. got, I mean, I think, I mean, it's continuity. It's a writing yeah. problem. Like, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, all of this show's problems are writing problems. Yeah. Like a good show Bible, right? Like yeah. it'll help them out a whole bunch, like plotting multiple episodes and things like that. Plotting arcs. But, you know, we could also just look at Lindsay who at one point had arcs and no longer is. Yeah. So anyway, it's just all of her um, friends. Yeah. So, um, so, so she's, so she's miserable. Give Sam a hickey, which is disgusting. Um, ugh, I hate ugh. anyway. Um, and Sam just looks uncomfortable and squeamish the whole time. And he's even more sure that he does not like Cindy and does not want to be her boyfriend. God, it was so, ugh. I mean, so there's also, uh, uh. This also has a really cool echo or could to coach. You know, we need to talk to, we need to talk to coach Biff. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to coach Biff around because this has an echo to her being more sexual than he's comfortable with at this point. Right. Like there's a whole thing you could have done with this. Then they just, I saw something the other day that was like, nah, that's a rabbit hole and not a good one. Anyway. Okay. So um, this is now we cut to the freaks where Lindsay is informing everyone that Russell is actually kind of cool. She's realized. Yeah. Um, again, this would have been much better far earlier in the season. Uh, but then Amy gets there with Ken 
And Daniel says, hey, guys. And Ken says, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. And Daniel's like, hey, guys. And then Ken gets upset. And Daniel says, I didn't mean it that way. Ken punches Daniel, freaking Kim out. Amy, Amy realizes that, that she's, Ken she's has told, told something. And leaves. And leaves. And so Ken goes after her. And Kim is, you know. Rightfully concerned. Like, why the fuck did he just punch you? What to the which fuck's Daniel going on? says, don't. Like, we're not talking. Forget it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is now better than. This is where they start. Yeah. Yeah, getting better at what they're doing here and like showing some depth to the character, even though yeah. James Franco is barely in these episodes. Okay. <sighs> Amy goes home, she's in bed crying. Ken goes to her window. And then Daniel um, Daniel picks him up along the side of the road and they are friends again. Yes, we cut the scenes where they actually have the really adult, mature conversation about this and how, like, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. Because nobody writing the show could write that scene. It also couldn't end up on TV. But then we get to Sad Sam and Weirded Out Lindsay is what I, how I yeah. have this scene right now. Yeah. This was another great scene of the two of them together. Yep. Where she's talking about best friends punching each other out. When she's like, my best friends are punching each other around. I'm like, are you their best friend? Yeah. One of those things where I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Really? It was kind of a weird. You're like Kim's best friend, at best female friend, even, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We won't get into the dynamics of that. And then um, Sam's freaking out because he, he's not freaking out, but he's like, why don't I like a pretty girl? Yeah. And it's like, because she's a monster, dude. Yeah, and it's a really sweet scene where Lindsay's like, just because she's pretty doesn't mean she's interesting or doesn't mean right. she's the person for you. Like, even though, yeah, even though, you know, she's a fucking monster, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so next day at school, it's time for the vice president's visit. Rosso is <sighs> got slicked back hair and looking he's sharp. ready to go, looking yeah. sharp. Um. And then, so it's just a check-in on Rosso's being fixed up with Lindsay. But then we go to the Geeks arc. Neil's giving Sam shit, which is, I assume this is where you were getting upset yeah. at Neil. Yeah. And then Bill tells him again that he and Vicky made out once. Yeah. Which, I don't know, wasn't super. Like, it just, it wasn't, it's not a super thing that... I, I, it's not unbelievable, but it's also one of those places where your TV show, you don't need to be believable, right? Yeah, like yeah. you could have this be a, you could have Bill's hot take or, or not sort of use something private with Vicky to yeah. fuck over Neil, even though Neil I just, sucks. I thought it was a goofy attempt to cut Neil down after having been such a jerk. Um, and they could have done something different. Like you said, they could have picked anything else. I mean, besides like, okay. Ethnic slurs, you know, like, <laughs> right. I'm going to, I'm going to say something completely pointless. If they actually, I think they could have leaned into Vicky and Maureen joining the geeks. Yeah. 
Like that could have been a thing that they somehow could have done, yeah. right? It could have been Maureen did it through science and there could, it would be outlandish. It would be an incel's wet dream, but it also would be better than just not having female characters really, right? Like, yeah. okay. Make it more like Wes Anderson. Make it more like Wes Anderson could be. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So then we get to Amy and Lindsay talk. Yeah. Lindsay, Amy thinks Lin- Ken made fun of her to everybody. And Lindsay's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's why I'm talking to you, man. Yeah, that's why I'm asking you. Like, what the fuck happened? Right. And Amy's like, wait a second. Maybe Ken was just talking to his friends about it because, you know, it's a thing that he talked to his friends about, right? Like, anyway. So then we cut to what, once again, should have been a fucking standard in this show, which we established early on in the series at the party episode where oh, yeah. Nick molested uh tried to molest Lindsay Sam and Ken yes have a scene in the bathroom and it's which, great it's great there is the creepy factor of Sam telling Ken that he's gonna break up with Cindy Sanders and Ken being like but she's so hot yeah that was and creepy like, that was creepy but um it, the the way his state of mind kind of um plays out in this i think it's, it's good. a good yes. setup it's a good setup for bringing him to some realization right right i mean there yes but i mean and also i would hope teenage boys in the year 2022 are not deeply invested in rape culture and being sexual predators yeah they sure as fuck were in 1999 1980 they sure were in 1980 so like it's one of those things where it's it's not unrealistic right i also get why this was not a constant subplot of them perving on the freshman girls because that's what you know animal house did so i mean like they they just couldn't do it because of tv basically yeah Yeah. right like somebody standard practices would have been like it would be inappropriate for the 17 year olds to, you know, go steal the 14 year olds panties. Once we have teenagers playing these parts. Yeah. Anyway. So yes, they have this great scene where Ken is realizing that he doesn't have a reason for breaking up with Amy. Whereas Sam has all the reasons in the world. Like, yeah. And so off they go. And this is actually where I was like, this is actually kind of shitty. Cindy's going up to introduce Bush. It is her shining moment as a young Republican woman. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to fucking dump her ass right before. Yeah. And she's awful about it because she's an awful human being. But also, I'm like, you could have waited until after this was over. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And But what I really hated about this is she when you said she's awful she said something like sam you're supposed to be a nice guy that's the whole reason i'm dating you and it's like oh my god like on one hand it's like he's not meeting her expectations because i don't know what her idea of a nice guy is um i mean doing that to her is not very nice but it's not like a pattern of behavior like he devastates you on a regular basis he also has no realization about like no cognizance of it like does he even go to the vice president visit like it hasn't i don't see him yeah 
Yeah. So it's like, that's Lindsay's. Oh no, you do see it because she comes out weeping, introducing him and Sam's Uh, like right in the front, kind of like, kind of, I think he does have a realization that what he did was shitty, but. I mean, also the fucker, she's introducing George H.W. Bush. The only good thing to do with that thing would have involved a shit and life in prison. I'm just saying. Anyway, moving on. Um, Neil and Bill see him do this and they see how fucking awful she is. Yeah. To which Neil says, you know, you did the right thing. And it's like, thanks, buddy. Yeah, he kind of redeems himself. But there was this other thing that I had kind of forgotten to mention that in the scene before where he's giving Sam a hard time about breaking up with Cindy, she's a goddess. Da, 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 da. He doesn't even seem to care suddenly that she didn't like, uh, that she didn't like the jerk, even though they've been like fawning over that movie. And they're the type of people who would be like, doesn't like the jerk. What kind of idiot is that? But he's willing to do anything for a fucking cheerleader, I guess. You slip her that roof and all, it doesn't matter. She's not laughing or anything, right? Yeah, so he's sort of like, you did the right thing. And I didn't think it was uh, didn't think it was a very genuine sentiment. I think he just realized his friend was bummed out. But it didn't seem very genuine. But then Bill's like, you're going to sit with us at lunch again, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we get Ken and Amy's John Hughes moment where he's searching amongst the tubas for her. Yeah. And they kiss and everything's fine yeah she's not mad at him anymore because she realized that he didn't tell everybody and and he, uh, and he is he confesses that he still likes her and it doesn't matter and he's not freaked out so there you go um and then we get to rock ben stiller pulling rosso for being red flagged and rosso the parents talking shit about rosso when they see him canada joe saying there's always something wrong with Rosso. And it's like, yeah, he cares about your kids more than you do, dude. Yeah. Um, For $10,000 a year or whatever he talks about. But Rosso tells Lindsay to make the school proud and they share a look. But then um, we get in there and Ken hoots for the hail to the chief playing um, because it's metal. And then it's Lindsay's um turn to ask the question and she does she promotes her dad's store and then asks why he had his staff reject her question her first question yeah and then we cut to ben still oh no we've already had the ben stiller and rosso are in rosso's office and he and ben stiller is in need of a guidance counselor and so Rosso is trying to <laughs> help Ben Stiller figure out what he wants to actually do with his life. And, it's and that, I, thought that, I thought that was funny. I remember those stupid tests. So there we go. Everything is A-OK. Yeah. For the freaks and the geeks. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's their most, it's their biggest swing of an episode. And yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's agreed. one of their best episodes. I don't think it's entirely successful and it's got a lot of problems but right like i i also you know wonder if cindy weren't representative of, i'm sorry what is it 63 percent of white women yeah something um, like that yeah like if we hadn't realized that kind of thing how that would have played but yeah i mean it's it's way too realistic but yeah i, I hope we get less cindy for the last four episodes i Just, think we will 
I think we will. For um, multiple reasons. Todd can come back though. He seemed pretty cool. Yeah, he was fine. And he had he had shown compassion to Sam before, not compassion as much as, you know, he was like, hey man, you're pretty funny out there. Remember from the yeah. mascot mm-hmm. episode? The, so the, yeah. The not bully jock part. Yeah. The, the mythic not bully jock. That, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next week, uh, we'll be watching um Discos and Dragons, which is written and directed by Paul Feig. And then uh, that's the final episode that aired originally on um, NBC. And then on Fox Family, the next episode we'll be watching after that is Kim Kelly is my friend. It it looks like we lost Andrew. Uh, He ripped one and ran out of the room. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Bye.